I don't really like. I don't like to be. I don't like to do this. But all right. Well, I don't like. I don't. Wait, wait. Let me try again. Let me try. Again. Um. Hey, how's it going? Functioning. 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 Examples of functioning. Navigational sensors aren't functioning. Glad to see you still fully functioning. See this part? All of it starting right now. It's going in. This is going in. Why this would this go in? in? I just it's press play and then I don't. I don't. I sometimes I'll cut it if it's just like if we. we if there's anybody, if any of the like thirty people that listen to this are interested in learning how to edit, we had and you're not very good. That's perfect. That's who we're looking for because we need someone to edit these. <laughs> no, this no. can't. I, I can't. This can't go in. We can't do that. This is great. This is. We don't. I'm not going to give someone else my my baby. I'm I'm going to edit this in. This is a very uncarved block of you. That's what I like about it. Ugh. It's we're you know we are a podcast about honesty, and why would I want to like you know? Why would I want to give them this like hyper produced product right. when it could be just this very natural thing? Yeah, but editing isn't like lying. I mean, I make sure the sounds okay, the masters are okay, but I don't, I don't cut really anything out. Every burp, every, you know, every, we had in Asia's uh, episode, we had that little interruption by the pup that's in oh, there. Yeah, the that's in there. That's it's in there. charming. It's, it's charming. It's charming. Well, we, we don't it's want to aesthetic. give the false impression that we have a studio or anything like that. Yeah, so. I want them to know that this is very like dirt cheap podcast and it will For remain instance. that way the whole way because it is the mission of this podcast is to it's 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 artistic radical honesty tom it's artistic radical honesty well speaking of radical honesty, radical candor right yeah radical candor yeah where are y'all right now uh i'm sitting here with jason bender my jujitsu coach tom this is uh jason jason this is tom Hello, Jason. Nice to meet you. And we are at his apartment, which has a, a lot of wicker and, and plants. It's really beautiful in here. I'm a huge fan of wicker. I don't know if you knew that. I feel like it's come up. It doesn't to come up naturally a lot, but this is a good it opportunity for me to It doesn't tend to come up naturally, it. but you find a way to make it come up unnaturally, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Thanks for being here, Jason. I, I appreciate you being here. I, I've heard a lot about you, so welcome to Functioning. Thanks. Yeah, this place is nice because my wife is, uh, well, first of all, she had good credit when we met. So that is one of the That's only key. ways I was That's able good. to get in on the condo tip. Uh, and two, she's a very talented interior designer. So that has its obvious advantages in a living situation. Whereas Definitely. I would be, when she met me, she, she came to my apartment once and she was like, never coming back here. And I'm like, really? Yeah. How bad was it? Nah, it wasn't that bad. Her standards are pretty high. It was very typical, you know, a bachelor guy who was at the gym and partying. Those two things, you know. So just like movie posters pinned directly to the wall. Uh, no, no, nothing frame. on the walls at all. I didn't. Oh, not nothing. Decorate. Not, yeah, not yeah, that, just that. Total aesthetic <laughs> out there. No. Yeah. If it, if it didn't serve it. the purpose of gym or partying, then it wasn't a thing I was interested in. And putting up posters didn't have a You didn't a like for that. find like a cool uh, like beer keg 
uh, box that you like tear it apart and then put that on the wall. I've, nah. seen, I've seen that happen a couple of times. That was really like early twenties. <clears throat> that's pretty. Aesthetic. That's pretty dirtbag. I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's very Motley <laughs> yeah. Crew. See, that's the that's what we're trying to capture by not editing this stuff out. Is this dirtbag right. aesthetic that we're going for? You know, I, I I think that if everybody would embrace their inner dirtbag a little bit, <clears throat> but not too much. Of course, that's where you got to the the Zen balance of life, right? But it's no win to be the dirtbag <laughs> and how to make that dirtbag happy, but not be full on dirtbag. Choose the right time. I think we talk about yeah. that on this podcast a lot. Your dirtbag should be should make uh, should make you be the person that goes. Let's go to the county fair, but not work at it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Moderation. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. I think that my inner dirtbug really wants to work at the county fair, but you got to find the balance of somebody in your life. You, know, you don't have to do that. Yeah, someone to pull you out of that the county, to pull you across the counter at the county yeah. fair. Yeah, to yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. take you, you on the there. ride, pull you into the line instead of like operating the machine itself. You made me think of this. I uh, like I I just had a conversation with my girlfriend. It was either today or yesterday, but she said, isn't this nice? And she was talking about the sheet that's now on my bed. And uh, I didn't have a sheet for a long time. And I was going, yeah, I guess this is fine. I didn't sure. really think that I could have a sheet, honestly. And so just trying to explain to somebody that you're always allowed to have a sheet. Just not sure why you wouldn't give yourself a sheet. I don't have a sheet. You should have a sheet. It's pretty good. It's, it's just another nice. thing to put on my bed. Like when I make my bed. It's uh, because that's what I, I told her. That's what I told her, and she did not appreciate that answer. So, oh man, yeah. Um, many hours of my life have now been revolved around the the topic of a duvet or a duvet cover. Putting a duvet cover back yeah, on. Yeah, I will never buy a duvet because yeah. that putting a duvet cover on is fucking. I would much rather. But the blanket that, that the duvet is in is uh, definitely like one of those things where I'm like. Uh, our bed is super comfortable and our bedding is super comfortable and she's put work into that. And so it's been kind of worth it. So not kind of like, it's about, I guess it's, it's a, definitely worth it to but, have a duvet. This is a lesson in self-worth, like putting yeah. investing into your, your relaxation. Yeah. yeah. I was telling my girlfriend that like for so long, even when in my early twenties, what I used as my sheet, my blanket, my duvet, all of it, like three in one, was a sleeping bag that I just unzipped and that was my blanket. Well, that's what we would all do if we did not have a, a, a partner. Like we would, we're, we are very, in, we are incomplete at all times. And those of us that are able to find someone to lucky enough to partner up with that can fill that yin to that yang, that's, that's where it's right. at. Cause there's, it's impossible to expect that perfection and that's gonna just drive you nuts. Cause of course, while, you know, self-improvement is uh, pretty vital to, to your existence and happiness. Uh, there's also that place of being okay with who you are. And that's, I find one of the toughest, that's way tougher. It's way tougher to get somebody to feel good about who they are than it is to motivate them to be better. It's way easier. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. It's like... 
instead of being getting better in like a skill i'm guessing versus anything, like a anything like respecting yourself Any, kind yeah of thing. it's yeah it's so much easier to motivate someone to do the thing to get better than it is to get them to stop and go hey you know uh he did a great job today nah no nah, i didn't nah. i mean trust mm. me 20 years of telling people every day even if they have a bad workout that if that's a good workout because you know, yeah, you didn't do as much weight as last time. Maybe you couldn't, whatever it is, you felt bad. But working through, you freaking came here and did the thing. So guess what? That's probably a better day than the day that you got your, in lifting, let's make it lifting terms since it's measurable. Your your PR of whatever that is, right? So your, your PR days are great. Sure. Whatever that is. Your victory days. But coming in on those days where you didn't even want to come in. Those are the days you really earned that trophy, that PR, that whatever that is. Because that's when discipline yeah. really and, rears its face. And our ego tells us the opposite. Oh man, today I got my ass kicked. My training partners just beat me all over the mat. Not a good day. I probably went backwards. And in reality, nine times out of 10, it's now that day made you a lot better it exposed your weaknesses it it gave you your toughness it it at minimum gave you a minute to go i can survive that i, I survived that i woke up tired i didn't even feel like going yeah everybody kicked my butt but i'm alive i did it i did it i know what it feels like to have your butt kicked on a day when i was when you're at your most exhausted you know but well it's so much easier to convince yourself that something's missing inside mm -hmm. you that it is to you can like see a goal and i can go after that and attain that but to like to your point it's so hard to just sit down and go whew i'm doing okay yeah like that's that's such an i like the human the the body the human mind really needs to grab onto something um and being able to sit with yourself and just accept that things are okay it's, it's almost like not tangible enough. Well, we're, we're taught that any expression of your own self-worth is arrogance or whatever, right? So to say, yeah, I did a good job. Thanks, man. It, I mean, first of all, let's be honest. It sounds weird. It's, yeah. It does sound weird. Mm -hmm. You know, imagine going up to a, a, philanthrop a philanthropist who made, you know, built all the schools and funded everything that I you really changed the world. What would that person say? Oh, my team did it. No, I just got lucky and all this. They like almost everyone would, but do you imagine the person's like, yeah, I did. That's why I put my name on the buildings. Pretty awesome. It sounds, uh, but they're not wrong. And then why can't they feel good about that? If you did a good thing. I mean, yes, with, with tact, you probably wouldn't want to do that in an interview, but letting people know that, Hey, I am pretty proud of the hard work I put in. Yes. I, had the help of many people along the way, but slipping that little sentence in there, I don't think hurts anybody, but it actually can help others be able to say that, oh, wow, a person can say, you know, but it, usually it's the other way. Usually it's all the way to the other end where you have the Conor McGregor's going, mm. yeah, I'm the baddest I'm the MF for around yeah. and da, 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 you know, and it yeah. sounds, sounds douchey because it is, because then you're going too far the other way, right? That yin yang. You know, I remember one time uh, you were doing belt promotions and you promoted um, uh, someone who, and he, everyone was like, speech, speech, speech. 
and he he held up the belt and he sort of started his speech to start thanking everyone and then he stopped and he was like actually i did this i did this and then he went on that? to be like uh and thank you and thank you i can't remember his name right now um but yeah and uh i think about that a lot i think about how it was just like recognizing his own effort they own his own um progress and like showing showing a bit of pride in public to a whole group of people and yeah. we were all about it because that's kind of you know that's the vibe of the gym yeah um and I, it's just it was i don't know i'd never really seen anything like that like even when tom and i did comedy you could kill and then you get off and mm. everyone's like man good set good set and you're like oh yeah thanks man yeah that was thank you so much like you kind of go in so gracious because you can't come out and be like i fucking blew the roof off because uh, then you'll sound like Conor McGregor doing comedy, probably, uh, yeah. which would be terrible. Yeah, well, you, you you want to like shrink down. That was a big thing in yeah. Atlanta. Like all the comics would like get lower if they were being given praise. Yeah, like, they would. It's this weird false humility of like, please stop. I I just want you to stop giving me accolades or anything. Like, I don't want to recognize my own self worth in this moment. Yeah, please, like take the eyes off me. Which isn't, that's not helping anybody. Yeah, it's horrifying, really, to have everyone <laughs> shaking your hand, like, man, you did so good. And you're just like, okay, thanks, thanks. I'm going to go hide in the bathroom and, and have, like, an anxiety attack. I don't do it at every single class. But I will have, I did it with the little kids every once in a while. And then I did it a few times with the adults. And I I should do it more often. Where I make, I make the little kids give yourself a, I go, give yourself a high five. You did great, right? And then I've had that. I did it as a, as a kind of a joke. I mean, just whatever, as with the adults. And I was like, I think that had a good effect. <laughs> I should probably do it more often because we should. It was fun. It makes me think of. <clears throat> I grew up loving pro wrestling, and I'm a. I was an '80s kid, so there was a golden era for pro wrestling. Even the uh, the tomato cans. Do you know what the phrase tomato can is? No, no. Tomato can is in fighting uh what you would have like a squash match if it was real boxing it was to pad uh the champs or the person on the way up's record they would fight this journeyman who they were supposed guaranteed to beat but it's you know it's experience and time and to pad the record well in pro wrestling it's the same thing where they have these squash matches and the tomato can would be this local wrestler you know Hulk Hogan versus Jim Smith, right? It doesn't matter. But there were a few of them, a few of these guys who probably never won a match, hardly ever in their pro wrestling history, who got beat by every big name on the way up. And there's a few of them who just, and they even let them have their own little personality, like the Brooklyn Brawler, like was a guy who never won a match, but had personality, right? There's a guy named Barry Horowitz, and he had, even after a while, they let him get his own t-shirt with a handprint on the back. And his gimmick was he patted himself on the back before matches, and then he would lose. And I couldn't help it. I'm like, I love this guy. I freaking love this guy because he goes into he's Because a lot of, again, a lot of times in pro wrestling, the guy in the corner like, Jim Smith, he's like, and that's all he did when they called his name. You know, this guy had some personality. He's like, oh, yeah, look at me, how great I am. And he was going to lose every time. And I'm like, this guy, because I knew, you know, I, I knew at, at a certain point pretty cool, even before it came out that it was scripted or whatever. But I was like, eh, I didn't care. I love the theatrics. I was like, this guy knows he's going to lose. 
and he just comes in every time and like and i'm like because because he's right come on pat yourself on the back you he, this guy had made a career off of losing but yet put his own personality and spin and made it more entertaining for for the crowd and that really had an effect on me it's like the the you know the rocky one the, yeah you i don't have to win i just gotta finish you know you don't have to win you don't have to win sorry <laughs> we have a, we're gonna have an anxious What's elderly this chihuahua there's gibbs. a chihuahua just walking all gibbs. over our wires gibbs. gibbs is uh a special dog we got him at the at the pound you know like at paws and uh he's been a, he's been a handful for 12 years but <laughs> so but and now he's got dementia and he runs around and just roams around roams around roams around then he'll get stuck in a random corner and i have to pull him out of the corner but sorry so is, did did professional wrestling in the 80s which i never told you this but my uncle was a professional wrestler no way. in the early 90s yeah, is that the uh, the uncle? No, that's a different uncle. <laughs> this uncle married into the family. Uh, yeah, he was he was part of a set of twins. They were like a tag team wrestlers, and they were called the Cole Twins. Okay, so I went to a couple of matches. Nice, uh, and I saw like Hulk Hogan and stuff like that because oh, yeah. he like wrestled with them. I don't know how long that they did it, but so you started uh, professional watching professional wrestling. Is that what got you into martial arts? That and martial arts movies. Yeah. Both. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, that was the only two things I really Dude, I cared about Bruce as a kid. As a kid. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, they were the best. Not, there was also Kung Fu theater. I would watch with my dad on the couch and there was this thing for a while in the old, uh, Shaw brothers movies and stuff where at the end, they, the good guy would stomp the bad guy on the ground in the guts and the blood would spurt out. And we wouldn't, we would wait, yes, 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 yes. And if they didn't do that, we'd be like, ah, he just, whatever. But then we, when we, when we got to see the stomp to the gut and the blood spurt up, me and my dad were like at the peak of father-son bonding. <laughs> yes, the bad guy got, got stomped to death. <laughs> but... All those movies were were all like about, in the in, especially the Shaw Brothers. A lot of them were about like oppression and stuff. I mean, they were cheesy as hell. But yeah, they slipped they slipped some messages in there. The Bruce Lee kicking the sign off, the racist sign down, and stomping it. I mean, oh yeah, the Chinese got loud or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. He slipped yeah. some stuff in there when you know mm -hmm. he didn't have to. He could have just been like, I look good with my shirt off and I kick fast. Yeah. People think I'm the best martial artist ever. My biggest inspiration, I really love Jackie Chan. So it's a yeah. different vibe than Bruce Lee. Not so more more slapstick than martial arts, but still, still so, hard. But very creative. That's the, yeah. That's the idea, yeah. right? Yeah. I was, love the creativity and the theatrics of, of Jackie Chan. And who doesn't love some choreography? Who doesn't love some Jackie flips. Chan? I like the more realistic stuff. And as it went along, and I could find the blooper reel more the realistic. The, movie. the more realistic, the more realistic, the more realistic made me. Is really where I went, and then when the UFCs came out, I was like, "That's it. This is the thing." Because I would literally do that as a kid. I found out through the the bookmobile that came to town, which was the the like mini bus that the guy would drive from our county seat to our hometown. So our hometown didn't have a library when I first, when when I was a kid, when I was a kid. Brought back martial arts books, and I was like, "Oh, there's more mar different martial arts, and they all they have different specialties and stuff." I would take in my notebook and write down, oh, what if a kung fu guy fought a, back then it was like 
kung fu, karate, judo, taekwondo, and you know those were the ones that we could find books on really. And I'd be like, how you know how would that work out? And uh, have my He-Man characters and my fight the pro wrestlers and yeah have different tournaments. And then I'm like, in the '90s, they were like, somebody came up to me at the factory and goes, you know, there's these VHS tapes where they take these guys and they fight in a ring or fight in a cage. There's no rules. And I'm like, I'm listening. <laughs> Never went back. You know, most sentences that start, you know, there's these VHS tapes. Don't change your life so significantly. Or they do for the worse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They don't so yeah, positively, I guess yeah. I should say. There's yeah. never a positive change with the VHS no. tapes. <laughs> yeah, the joke is with us martial artists who were, you know, who took some of the more traditional martial arts as kids. You're like, yeah, to watch the UFCs and the and the EFs, what the EFCs, the IVCs. I'm trying to think of the other uh, organizations that were doing these fights. To get them on VHS, you'd have to go back into the the beaded curtain, and then there's some creepy guy who's like, uh, they're like, oh no, yeah, you do your thing, bro, no judgment, you know. And then you go over here and you find the tapes with like a guy smashing another guy and. And all this stuff and you're like this is the stuff so when did you start what was your first martial arts it was a a guy that came to town and taught wado ru wado ru is again i i barely remember the specifics but i believe it's just a in the karate branch so all different martial arts it just becomes branches so this guy wanted his own style of karate da 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 and then you find out in the end that it's mostly the same stuff and people want to argue about specifics and all this <sighs> getting well, the really body picky. can only move so many ways. bingo yeah. one of the coolest things i've ever heard anybody say and i've repeated this and i try to give him props uh um benjamin salas is a really interesting martial artist out of wisconsin one of those like i don't know exactly what he did what he get, he'll, he'll post a picture once in a while of him and you know, special forces gear and like I used to do cool shit. And I'm like, so a guy I really respect. He's always been super nice, super, super nice guy. And he said that uh, if you walk by people doing martial arts, if you freeze frame it, every martial artist should think they're doing their martial art. Because, you know, again, just like you said, the human body only moves so many mm -hmm. ways. Your stance should be very similar and all this stuff, you know, in effective martial arts people should be able to say oh that oh they're doing judo oh they're doing boxing because it looks the same for moments in time i think is what he's getting at when he oh, said like that it's again. recognizable yeah. yeah yeah so shout out to benjamin salas up in wisconsin cross and gracie black belt <laughs> nice so you got when when how old were you when you were like oh yeah into it? so i don't know maybe 10 and then I got <clears throat> trained with this guy for like two years if that I don't know and then I played football in high school and during that time there was a guy who <clears throat> taught karate at a town next door I would bop in there every once in a while but I wasn't able to fully commit and everything and uh plus my my goals were not like sport karate kind of stuff and all this I was like I all I wanted to do was spar <laughs> All I ever wanted to do was just spar, 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 spar. And he was like, no, it's not the jam. And then, um, but I got some experience doing that. He humored me a few times. And then right after high school, 
Um, I worked, the, I went to, I signed up for the Marine Corps Reserves, went to boot camp, went to infantry training, came home and worked at the local factory, married my high school sweetheart. Six, nine months later, we annulled that marriage because that was just a terrible idea we both agreed upon. Like, like the, ironically, I hate country, but like the country song, I took the truck, she took the car. And then right then, as we were split up, the guy that ran the karate school in the town next door there, Mr. Franz, he can't, my, he, his, one of the, um, one of his black belts was my dear friend, Sean Hatlevig. uh, still friends with him to this day. Love that, love that person deeply. Um, he was like, Hey, Mr. Franz wants to know if you wanted to do one of those UFC fights. And I was like, yes, absolutely. And so with hardly any training, I went in, I've told this story in other podcasts, so I don't want to, uh, you know, bore people with it too much, but I mean go your in. fans. You don't want to bore um, your fans with yeah, the same know, story. Fans. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I go into this fight. I, you know, I didn't have fight shorts. I wore jean shorts and <laughs> the guy across from me had, more, so more amazing. yeah, the guy across, they were black at least I believe if I remember correctly. And the guy across from me was his, was his coach that. was a uh, UFC fighter, uh, Chris Lytle, who is a, if you ask anybody like in the, Midwest, he was our I, UFC I don't even fighter. follow UFC, and I, I know that name. Chris Lytle is a bad man in a, in a good way, right? Um, and he trained a bunch of fighters. Staying across from me was a guy, was one of his students and training partners <clears throat> in Muay Thai shorts. And I was like, and my, I just remember my buddy, who was my corner man, who was a brown belt in karate, but like knew nothing about Muay Thai, fighting, boxing, anything. Yeah, I just remember him looking at me and he just goes, man, he looks like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So were they, were they jeans cut down to shorts? No. Or were they, they were the kind no. that you buy in no, shorts? Were, oh, you yeah. bought shorts? You bought them? Fight shorts. Well, they, they were Fight just shorts. what I wore at the time, my friend. That was what we all wore in Northwest Ohio in 1997, eight, whatever well, it was. I think no it was. I, the style. It's like the best style. Yeah. You have short. You it's wear, it's three dirt bags on a podcast. Yeah, I think exactly. That's I am not allowed to style. buy those anymore. My uh, one of the stipulations of of my marriage is I am no longer allowed <laughs> to wear any kind of jean short. I think some. I think fight jorts could be a really popular brand well here's what fight you guys jorts? don't know fight jorts they, they have like a dry wicking but it's still denim and it still looks like shit and they're I very think this wide is a merch idea we'll yeah bring, we'll talk about this later so how'd your fight go oh terribly uh, when, absolutely yeah. terribly no i mean got my tooth knocked out of my head you Ooh. know uh well okay here's exactly what I happened mean, if, if you want your tooth that's knocked also out. happened to me while wearing jorts yeah, yeah. I mean, hey you haven't gotten your tooth knocked out but, with, but while wearing jorts you're not a dirt bag. <laughs> You're not really wearing jeans. No. <laughs> um, so, just like anything else that has required me to face my fear and, and you know do things like talk in front of people or in freshman basketball shoot the one basket of the season that my training or that my teammates set me up for, everything was black. And then someone had uh, like I kind of came to kind of thing, where when the when the ref said go, I don't have a memory. The next memory I had was the referee separating us because I had been punching him and it looked like it was over. Like when a referee steps in and pulls you off, it should be over. And so I kind of jumped up in the green corner, started cheering like the pro wrestling dork that I was. And I was like, this is it. I freaking won this thing. 
And then the referee came over after a little bit and said, go. And I'm like, what do you mean go? What do you mean go? Like that was over. And well, it didn't matter. It was the Wild West. We were in a gutted out mall in Fort Wayne, Indiana, doing an unregulated thing, do it at a time when no one had any idea what was going, what was going on. And Tom, didn't you do a show there on your tour? Yeah, I was about to say Fort Wayne is one of my favorite places. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? And, was it? No, a, no, not at all. Seriously, why? Why is it? Why do you love Fort Wayne? It's a great comedy uh, city, and I believe I was there. I think that I was in Fort Wayne when I went to a, a Juggalo bar. So I also had a like I've had great experiences in Fort Wayne. <laughs> Oh, you want to go full dirt bag? You can tell that story. A lot of I, jean shorts. I've yeah. been to an ICP show. <laughs> I, you know, I am not surprised even remotely. When, yeah, uh, when ICP first came around, my friend uh, Jim Muir, again, still friends with this guy, I love him. He goes, check these guys out. This is hilarious, and we knew it was absolutely ridiculous. And it was my first non-con, uh, my first non-Christian concert so when people say what's your first concert i'm like oh well technically they were at churches and stuff technically if i don't uh but my first real real concert was an icp show and there was only like a i I don't know if i'm gonna throw a number out it seemed like only like 200 people if that and you know it was hilarious it was hilarious we knew it was ridiculous and we're like yeah that's a that's we're gonna see where those people are in 20 years and we're like here we are covered in fago and (laughs) i mean all judgmental Look at those freaking losers. <laughs> I was in the front row. <laughs> and then later on, as they become the juggalos, I was like, uh, and then I became friends with a guy who did, who was the sound tech for them. My friend, Mike, he, he has quite a few stories about being, uh, the sound tech at the gathering for, I don't want to put a number on it. Cause I don't know. It's his story to tell how many years he was, do, he did the gathering. And yeah, he has some stories. I would I would go to the gathering. When we were doing comedy, trying to get it booked at the gathering was like a common goal for a lot of the guys that we knew. I mean, you... It, it, it didn't would, Max? Max was really pushing for it. Max, Max I think, is going to press packet to the gathering. Yeah, he did. He'll be on the yeah. podcast later, yeah. I mean, if you, if you do well, hey, money's money and making people happy that are, you know, maybe... Uh, you know, they're again, it's hard to hate on the jugglers because you're punching down. They grabbed an audience and, you know, they knew what they were well, doing. Well, I think I, I they maybe, found a maybe niche I'm speaking they for myself, but wearing jorts, huffing as many whippets as I have, I have no reason to judge the jugglers. Same. No, they're my people. I know. I used right? to do a bit where I was like the, the I'm a, I'm attracted to juggalette women and I don't really know what to do about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am definitely like, if we're like ranking <laughs> humans on a scale, I'm definitely closer to becoming a juggler than I am to say like the president. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely. I mean, we could all be juggalos by 3 p.m. today. Absolutely. You know we should just shift the whole podcast to a juggler <laughs> yes. podcast. My wife has a lot of makeup. We, I mean, let's do it. Well, they are, there it we, is. Yeah. I don't think there are. I don't know how many Juggalo podcasts there are compared to I haven't recovery looking, podcasts. The, it would be ironic if there were quite a few. That should <laughs> sure be, again, are. fact check. Put uh, do you, have you, we should name your imaginary fact check person. I, what do you mean imaginary? Oh, fair enough. <laughs> They're here. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to hire them. 
Um, so back to the actual core of the podcast, which yeah. is recovery. How yeah. did how did martial arts and you know this like idea of like discipline and kind of managing and moderation affect your recovery? Oh, oh man, where are we going with that? It's like or how did ICP speak to you, <laughs> to you in your in your recovery? Drank Fago and you were ready, yeah. ready to go back, to ready the to church. go. Fago well, over a year ago. Okay, so how far back do we want to go with this? Because the beginning of the universe. I am not a naturally disciplined person. My upbringing was by teenagers. Literally, my mom was 19. My dad was 17. Um, both of them exceptional amounts of mental health issues that equaled probably should not have had a child before lots of therapy. But uh, so I wasn't exactly seeing great examples of, of discipline other than seeing my dad push through never calling into work as much as possible, even when he would work third shift and go to the bar and then come home at, you know, 11, whatever it was. And still trying to be be a dad as much as possible, you know. Uh, so, and then mom, I remember her trying. She would she would work at a place for a handful of months, and then quit for all of her reasons, any reason, pick it to not work. So, not exactly a lot of discipline around to to watch. I really thought growing up, I was like, oh man, these guys that I see being really good at the sports, they're so lucky, they're talented. And then in high school, um, again, I've, I've, this is, is on my little, my little blogs. I have a little blog post on my, uh, on my page if you want to read this. But our, our, our church had a, uh, a deacon, Shorty Payton, and he was like, well, you put, should put him in football. And my mom's like, he is tiny. He is, I mean, even in school, uh, it was like a lot of the girls were bigger than me. You know what I mean? I was a, I'm still not a big dude, you know? Um, but then I was like uncoordinated. I didn't, I, I never liked, you know, anything that was physical. I was not natural at doing the stuff. I was always like, uh, I was always kind of a scared kid. I don't want to climb on stuff. And don't like pain, don't like being uncomfortable. I like video games and books. And, uh, but he was like, hey, come here and look at my son. And he showed a bunch like this, you know, pictures and all this inside of a thing. And uh, showed his son, like got awards. And he was like, look how small he is. He's your, he's your, he's your size. He was your size if, in, in eighth grade. And he started lifting weights and da da da. So I went and started lifting weights um, and I liked lifting weights because boy, talk about immediate gratification when you're a teenage boy who's already filled with anger and, and ever, and men, you know, broken homes and everything. Oh, I can take plate metal plates and push them away from my body or pull them in violently or pick it up violently. Hell yeah. What's up. And then I could see those numbers just keep going up and then, I never got good at football, but at least it was a way of, uh, you know, 
I had something positive to channel towards that did make some discipline where I would, you know, I, I got a lot. I, I, the word heart always gets thrown around when people work out with me because when you're, when I do, if I do get to the gym, when I do, which, you know, I can make myself do it, of course, boy, I'm going to get down with the get down. You know, I want to be, I'm going to try really hard. You know, if you're, if you're the fastest guy, I'm going to be coming after you, but you're just, I'm just going to see your butt the whole time, but I'm going to be trying to come after you like you're on fire. And, uh, yeah, like I, I played football then I got played freshman basketball, got cut from basketball, went out for track, got told, uh, you know, the track coach looked at me and said, Jason, what are you going to do? What event are you going to do? We'll have you on the team, but what event are you going to do? It's very, your senior year. Very you know? track coach. Yeah. Was, yeah. Hey, I thank him for doing We'll that. find you a spot. You know, so and my high school was small. I graduated 55 people. So it was like, that's the only way I even made the football team was they were like, we have 22 young men on this team, <laughs> you know? And I was like, I was one of the older ones then. And I just kind of made my way up. I would not have made the team anywhere else. Um, but that gave me a chance to build some leadership skills and build discipline that way that I understood. They gave me a program to follow of do, do the, do this lifting program on Monday, do this one on Tuesday, do this one on Wednesday, do this one on Thursday, do this one on Friday. And then I started following that and then went to college. And while I was at college, it was as much as possible. I would go train <clears throat> at Mr. Hess's Muay Thai school. And on Fridays, he'd let us throw down mats and try to do jujitsu with the, the guy who knew bare minimum, you know, bless his heart. Uh, but he got his blue belt from Hoist Gracie at seminars and stuff. And it was tough because I, you know, going to school full time working, I would, I was delivering newspapers from in the middle of the night. Like I'd wake up at like three 30 or 4 AM deliver newspapers and either a take a quick nap or just go, you know, work on, you know, uh, any kind of school project or go to, go to a class and then, you know, repeat that throughout the day. And then at night, a lot of, a lot of, you know, three or four days a week, I was working at this convenience store. So talk about burning it at all four ends. And then at first I was pretty disciplined where I was like, I didn't want to party. I didn't want to drink anything like that. And then the girlfriend that I lived with freshman year, we, we both slowly started getting more into wow, partying's fun. And she was going to grad school. So she had a little more freedom because, you know, they're, they're taking two, what is it? Basically two classes, but they're working harder in those classes kind of thing. At least hers was, I don't know. I ended up dropping out, uh, but, um, but so the balance of discipline there was, was good for a while until Bowling Green really showed what can make a Midwest town really fun. Um, and then started partying pretty hard there at the end and lost the discipline. When the worst thing that happened to my, uh, my, my partying was I be, I got accepted to be an RA because, you know, again, I wasn't partying a ton then I was partying on a weekend every, every once in a while. But when I became an RA and it was, I was, you know, 21, 22 and I was living in a dorm. Oh, it was the devil inside of <laughs> a playground. It was ridiculous. It was, 
I they asked me not to come back for the second semester, <laughs> understandably so. Wow. But I I actually looked at her and said worth it. So, I'm just gonna leave it at that. That it was a really good time, that I probably shouldn't have had, but who knows? Maybe because I had such a good time for a while that like now I'm like I don't need to. That's part of. Uh, that's part of what has helped my recovery is I feel like I beat the video game. I'm like, you know, I had a really good time and people don't want to talk about that. You don't ever hear people talk about that when they're in these recovery conversations is it's always like, Oh man, I, I crapped my pants so many times <laughs> and I stole from my grandmother and ah, da, 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 an embarrassment. We tell all the embarrassing stories, but I th think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. And again, everybody's journey is different. And if this triggers you in any way, then fast forward me. But for me, it helps that I had the best time. Like, again, I, used I, to, hear I feel like saying. I finished the book. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yeah. it's not going to get any more fun after that. And I pushed a little further where there was a few things that were not good. Yeah. You know, I got, you know, who hasn't spent a night in jail because you uh, got rowdy at a bar? Nah, maybe, yeah. maybe that happened to me once, right? I would love to go to AA and be like, yeah, it was sick. It was <laughs> sick. <laughs> now, here's my suggestion to everyone here. If you're not here because you feel like you didn't have a good enough time yet, maybe it's not time for you to be here. Whoa, get that guy out of here. <laughs> All right, maybe we should get an editor. <laughs> <laughs> I did not mean that, by the way. I did not <laughs> But no, but I'm, I appreciate what you're saying because that's I've had a few different conversations with my girlfriend who's she's been nice enough to say, like, I really appreciate that you don't drink because it makes our like it makes everything a little bit easier. Like, I know we can get home and all this. And it's it's been occasionally where I've said, yeah, I don't really need to because I know what it is. I, I've gotten. Yeah, I know what a hangover feels like enough to know yeah. that I'm, I'm good been there done that um, kind of feeling yeah 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 that's a, a just an interesting perspective that I, I you're right i don't think gets brought up a lot mostly because of the reasons that we've given where like you don't want to glorify a meeting and saying get out of here guys you're not done yeah <laughs> you haven't partied uh, enough did you go right. to jail yet you don't know you don't belong here <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it, it, it's i think that's what part of the conversation that jody and i've had on this podcast and just in general where you don't really know when you've had like when you've had enough or like what your problem is because jody you've mentioned this a couple times where like someone comes up to you and says you're the life of the party and that's that's you you would respond to that saying that's the problem yeah um yeah, yeah. and so yeah i just appreciate that's an interesting uh perspective to have yeah, like we had too much fun. That's why I I tend to tell people that I didn't really have a drinking problem as much as I had a hangover problem. Yeah, right. Because my hangovers fucking killed me. But like, I wasn't like, you know, the idea of a lot of alcoholics out there, like culturally, is uh, it's like the guy who gets in a fight and like ruins everyone's time mm -hmm. or like they like pass out in the middle of the wedding and mm -hmm. like pee in the middle of the wedding because they've been drinking the whole time or like, you know, or like the, the drunk guy, like sleeping in the gutter, which I've done several of those things that I just listed, but also like I had a lot of fun Same. Uh, and I never, I was not, I wouldn't be considered myself like a bad drunk. If anything, I was a great drunk. I mean, I could drive perfectly. Uh, I mean, I don't know. No, it's not verified. Um, but I, I always got home. I always got home uh, somehow, but the morning after I would be like, personally, I would have 
my own bad time alone. And that was the shit that mm -hmm. just was like unbearable. Yeah, hangovers got me sober for sure. I'm a migraine sufferer, which is why kind of today, if I've been pawing at my head, I have a little bit of a headache today. Um, and so, especially when it was like really hard partying ones, where it's like, you know, had got some drugs and yeah, oh, those hangovers were the worst. My uh, migraines that scale of one to 10 were like 15s, just ridiculous. Yeah, unbearable. You can't oh. do anything all day oh. except wait to go drinking. It oh. was just, yeah. The worst. I mean, that's all you could do. That's the only thing that's going to make it better is to go back to the bar. Yeah. I've been feeling sick all day. I need to go relax at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> mm.